0: is an odyssey original this is coronavirus daily i'm charles Feldman.
1: i'm mike simpson from the knx odyssey studios in los angeles at some point whenever that is the pandemic's going to end may not seem like it now but how will it will we all wake up and nobody has covid probably not seems like we may just have to learn to live with
0: it Booster shots coming here in the U.S. for millions of people.
1: And who are the high-risk workers in danger of getting the virus? Uh, Who are those people exactly?
0: Let's begin with the end, if there is one. Dr. Monica Gandhi is back. She's an infectious disease physician with UC San Francisco. Doctor, this is likely uh, like a really bad movie, and bad movies eventually end, don't
2: they? They do. Um, So, you know, the one thing that I wanted to stress is, It's not going to end with it completely going away. And the reason that I really wrote in there um, definitions of infectious disease that we learn in in ID school um, about what type of features of a virus make it being able to be eradicated, um, off the face of the earth, like smallpox. And this virus doesn't have those. Those are usually, you. it's a very distinctive clinical syndrome. You don't have any asymptomatic spread um, and it's not, it's lifelong immunity and you can get rid of it. And that's what we do with smallpox. But here it looks like a lot of other respiratory viruses. It can have a long period of infectiousness. So We're not gonna totally eradicate it, unfortunately. But the best part about it is we can get it to what's called endemic. And what endemic means is that it no longer causes us undue trouble, undue burden on the hospitals. Instead, it will low level, be around us. People will get COVID, we'll know how to treat it. It'll be low level. And with the vaccines, and frankly, with natural immunity as well, the cases are already starting to come down and we will get to that endemicity where we have to learn how to live with it
1: so for many of us we take the fangs out of the virus because we have our vaccines right. or natural That's immunity right. and then what it's winter and we start to hear about outbreaks that happen among the unvaccinated populations that persist
2: I, I, exactly so i have a modeler that i work with and we don't think that we're going to see big surges in the winter i mean you never can say never with with COVID, but i will say that um we're getting so much immunity in our country now hopefully more with increasing vaccinations, but unfortunately also with just Delta spreading. And then you get outbreaks over the winter, mainly in in patients that have declined to vaccinate. We have treatments. We have treatments for the inpatient. We have treatment even now for outpatient monoclonal antibodies. We have an antiviral that we're going to get results on just next week called monoperivir that we hopefully will be able to use. You treat it if it's If it's serious, you don't treat it if it's a mild cold and you live with it. And um, but it's taken the bite out of it. Like you just said, that what the vaccines have done has relegated it back to a common cold coronavirus, like four of its relatives. And it's taken the scariness and the misery of severe disease out of it.
0: I was going to ask you about that because, you know, there is this sort of thinking that some people have that uh, especially since what more than half the planet has really not yet been vaccinated uh, and that that means that we're going to have new variants all the time and some of them may be even worse and and they'll get around the vaccines. But is that necessarily the case? I mean, as time goes by, wouldn't it more likely uh, as a virus uh, evolve so that it's more benign?
2: The history of infectious disease tells us the latter, that viruses don't tend to become more and more and more virulent over time. Because actually, whatever you do as a virus to make yourself more what's called fit, so Delta was super smart, it made itself more transmissible, it's fit, it takes a hit in other ways. And you can see that there's not been anything to shine a candle to Delta. And we've had Delta since the beginning of March and Mu and C2 and C1 and all of these are not coming forth to combat Delta because it has the features of being highly transmissible. end Pandemics end. Viruses have never been evolved of time and time again to keep on getting more and more virulent. It, it, and so, no, um, I think it will, if anything, become less virulent. And that has to do with evolutionary biology.
1: Dr. Monica Gandhi, infectious disease physician, UC San Francisco. Doctor, thanks as always.
0: A CDC panel recommending Pfizer booster shots to people 65 and older and other adults who have underlying medical conditions. They will be able to get the booster six months after their second shot.
1: Comes following an FDA approval of these. Julie Rovner, Chief Washington Correspondent for Kaiser Health News, followed the CDC meeting. Julie, was there a lot of discussion about what constitutes somebody in this high-risk population that can get their third
3: Well, there are really, there were sort of three different categories that the FDA approved. One was for people over 65 um, and people in long-term care facilities. Then there were people who are at high risk of having a bad outcome if they got a breakthrough case. Those are um, immunocompromised people, some of whom have already gotten a third shot, um, but also people who were in some of those high-risk categories. And then there were people at risk of occupational exposure. That's considered things like healthcare workers, and as you say, sort of frontline retail workers, and bus drivers so those the the people who were at high risk of having a bad outcome are not necessarily the same people who were in those occupational um categories that was that was how the fda came out and and acip which is the and remember this is just the advisory committee to the cdc is voting right now um, on on who should be in those categories that will have to then be approved by the cdc itself so there's it's really a four-step uh thing process there's an fda advisory committee then it goes to the fda then there's a cdc advisory committee then it goes to the cdc so Don't you love how government three works? three of that four <laughs> steps sorry
1: <laughs> so many of them now do they have to take them all at once or could it be like they approve 65 plus and then maybe there's some dissent on these other groups because they're just not it's- sure
3: that's what they, they just voted to approve the 65 and up and residents of long-term care facilities and they're and they're voting on the rest and i'm talking to you so i'm not seeing exactly how the folks are going on the rest but yes i mean there there was and remember the fda um advisory committee committee also split they agreed that it should be um that the people over age 65 uh, should be able to get a booster, but they disagreed on everybody under age 65. They didn't think there was enough data for that yet. The other confusing thing that's apparently going on today is whether this is just for people who got Pfizer, not necessarily even for people who got Moderna or the one-shot J&J. We There's been data submitted for those, but that's not what they're discussing here. They're, so it's not clear, will it be Everybody over age 65 who got Pfizer or everybody over age 65. And if they got a different vaccine, will they now get Pfizer or should they wait another month? Um, yeah, I wanted to ask it's you about that kind of because murky.
1: at the meeting yesterday because they had two of these. Right. And yesterday there was some kind of debate among them saying, what if in terms of messaging, because it's been so confusing this whole time. What if we just waited until all the shots could give their third? Because maybe that would be easier for people to understand.
3: It, it would. I mean, this is you know the administration. I think, was well-intentioned when they announced that they wanted to start giving boosters the week of September 20th. What they were trying to say, or what they say now, they were trying to say is that they wanted to be ready with a distribution system, assuming that the boosters were approved by the FDA and the CDC. But that's not how it got communicated, and that's not how it got understood, and now we're in this state of really bad confusion. I think part of the problem is that the people who are pretty clearly in need of boosters older people people in long-term care facilities those people actually got their original shots more than six months ago more than eight months ago in some cases those were the people who got their shots in december and january so if the immunity really is starting to wane, they really would need them now i think most of the rest of us got our shots later than that you know and aren't even at the place yet where it would be time what, for us to get another booster.
0: Yeah, but, but let me ask you something. Why, why are they uh, approving, if, if they do approve in the end, boosters, under still the emergency use authorization? The Pfizer vaccine has already been approved. Uh, it, it's no longer considered an experimental vaccine. Why are they doing it under the emergency rules?
3: Well, it's been approved, and this is also, uh, there's, I've seen some disagreement on this, but it's been approved for the moment, as a two-shot vaccine. So this is a third shot. So it's not, it's, it's not considered part of the uh, original approval. And that's the other issue here, is that only Pfizer has been fully approved, fully licensed by the FDA. Um, they still haven't fully approved Moderna or J&J in their original formulations, much less for a booster.
1: Julie Rovner, Chief Washington Correspondent for Kaiser Health News.
0: Coming up after this short break, who is actually a high-risk worker? Is it you? The FDA approved boosters for all people who are considered high-risk workers. The CDC panel didn't extend its recommendation to that category, but it raises the question who exactly is a high risk worker
1: health workers we imagine fall into that category what about others katherine flores martin executive director of the california immunization coalition member of the california covid vaccine advisory committee so Catherine, who is a high risk worker
4: take us back to january of this year when we first started administering vaccinations late december early january that was a big question also and we talked at length about that within our committees and uh, on a national and state level. And so what we're going to see, I believe, is we are going to see our healthcare workers or frontline workers are going to be high priority, those especially who are working in the long term skilled nursing facilities as well, to make sure that they are protected. Um, you know, what they're seeing is that In some individuals, immunity is waning. Um, Not significantly so, but in some individuals. And so we want to make sure that they continue to be protected. And so, as you said, they're deliberating on the science and the evidence, taking that data and making some determinations about who should get a booster and whether it's indicated in everyone or just certain Persons.
1: How dialed down do you think the list actually gets, though? Do we go off the same list we had last time, like you were mentioning? Because the actual wording, at least from the FDA from yesterday, is is pretty broad. So it's almost like if you feel you're at more risk because you're around more people or whatever it is, then you could probably go get your shot if you wanted to. Or do we get an actual list from the CDC saying, hey, if you work in these sectors, if you're a teacher, if you're a bus driver, I think healthcare workers are a no-brainer, right? But if you're in these other fields, then, yeah, you can get your shot.
4: And so yes, healthcare workers, um, those at risk uh, medically, um, those who have underlying medical conditions will be prioritized. Um, you know, the White House came out with some recommendations that by September 20th we would be vaccinating with boosters, but the reality is, in in the United States and and that of other countries, we need to go by the science and by the data to make these. Determinations, and it is extremely important that we follow these these scientific recommendations. And so, the CDC is going to be coming out with guidance on all of these. And I think we have time. Getting that first dose is the most important thing still.
0: How would it work in California? Because, as as you know, uh, of course, the CDC is only a recommendation, and you mentioned you would follow uh, CDC guidelines. But going back to January, which is what we began the discussion with, as you'll recall. Uh, the pecking order was healthcare care workers, uh, first responders did uh, go first, and it took a little while until it got to 65 and older. But yet the CDC today, their very first vote, as you know, was for 65 plus. So how would that actually work out this time around?
4: Yeah, what's different now is that we do have data on how the vaccines are working in specific populations. And so it may happen that not everybody needs a booster. Um some people are converting to really strong immunity and a booster may be needed next year, perhaps. And so it's different than our first doses, right? The, the vaccine's not, it, there's not an expiration date on it. People are going to maintain this immunity, but to have the strongest immunity and in, and in frail seniors, people who are exposed a lot to the COVID virus, because, you know, we've got those breakthrough cases also, it's extremely important that those persons have the protection, the double protection. Okay,
0: but where I was really going with that question was back in January, uh, as it was being rolled out, The uh, first responders went first uh, and then it took a while until 65 plus were able to get their initial round of vaccines. Do you envision it in California now with boosters that the first responders, uh, people who have uh, high risk occupations and 65 plus would all be eligible for boosters at the same time?
4: Yeah, I couldn't say about how how fast they're going to be able to do it, but I believe that that they will be eligible at the same time. And I believe um, some healthcare providers have already started, you know, um, initiating that for themselves. And I've heard uh, anecdotally people going to pharmacies and getting their their booster shot on their own. Um, but it, it, that's what I'm trying to, to share is that it is different than the first time. Right? We've had those initial shots, one shot, two shot. That third one is it remains to be seen who is going to get it first after those first responders, and if it's even necessary. So uh, we're going to wait till we hear back from the CDC and others on that. But I predict that it's going to be a very specific group initially. And I want to urge people to just like we did in the past, you know, wait your turn, nobody's going to be left out, there's plenty of vaccine. I think the bigger thing is the challenge for this group is that it's only addressing the Pfizer vaccine right now. And we have other vaccines, right, the Moderna vaccine and the Um, J&J vaccine. And so this is only going to be impacting those who received the Pfizer vaccine, right? So we've got an extra layer of potential confusion, but that's why we use the guidance from the experts.
1: Catherine Flores Martin, Executive Director, California Immunization Coalition, member of the COVID Vaccine Advisory Committee for the state.
0: Violence over vaccinations. Police are looking for a man in Canada. They say punched a nurse in the face multiple times, knocking her to the ground after she administered the vaccine to his wife without his permission. Now, Police say the man was very angry and aggressive and attacked the nurse before she could explain herself. There are no laws in Canada that say people need their spouse's permission to get vaccinated. The nurse, well, she's going to be okay, but she was taken to the hospital to be treated for her injuries.
1: This is an Odyssey original. Find us and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher.